Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know where you are. You should know who this is. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the co-host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And once again, I got Mikey with me. How you doing, brother? That's the guy with the not-so-deep voice. Right. Yes. Well, it's not as mine's, but you know, mine to my head, it sounds different to everybody, but it sounds like I'm gargling glass and I'm not, you know, but you know, whatever it is what it is. I was, I wasn't born this way, but I think I said in a previous episode, one day I was like 12 and I woke up and sounded like this. Imagine and the that. ladies came knocking. Well, not initially. I scared the hell out of them for the first year. <laughs> and after they started embracing it, then it, then things worked out in my favor. But I guess that's a day contact. That's a conversation for another day. <laughs> that's another podcast. Right? So this is part two, boys and girls, of a show of our episode last week where we were commenting on Ken McElroy's video, uh, Real Estate in 2023, Pencils Down Bro. Uh, great, great video. Definitely helps you inspire some critical thinking. It did for me. Um, initially, I had the reaction that most folks would. Mike, what about you? Oh, yeah, yeah. The first time I watched it, and I had to watch it three times, by the way, I, w- I was very confused because in all the prior episodes, we we're talking about that there's a major housing shortage. Rents are going to go up. It's going to be a renter nation. Renter nation. That's what Ken was talking about. Right. That's what Ken was talking yeah. about. And honestly, after he said that, I've been looking at everything and it is leaning that way. And then this video came up and it kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, wait a minute. I, I thought in, income's going up. Why are we talking about pencils down all of a sudden when prices are going down? Yes, interest rates are going up. But like in the last episode, we talked about some cures to avoid that interest rate, not having to deal with institutional bankers. And of course, what the big thing I took up from it after the second time watching is the first 10 seconds, realize where the information is coming from, where the perspective is coming from. And that was the institutional bankers. hundred percent, hundred percent. There's a lot of information baked in this. His video is pretty short one. It's 10 minutes, 24 seconds of content, but Ken does a real good job of hitting several points. And that was the purpose of us doing a podcast about, well, two podcasts actually about this video because information like this could really send some folks over the edge. If you're not really, if you're not spending much time studying the, the economy as a whole, if you're not looking at things from on the macro level, if you're not taking things into, into consideration in the big picture, then information like this could become overwhelming. Um, it could also keep you from ever achieving wealth. That information like this if not, if, if not brought into full context, if you don't take this information, and by the way, when Ken puts out this information, he's coming, like you said, Mike, from a very different place. He's a high level investor. He's dealing with institutional uh, investors as well as private capital. He's far more sophisticated probably than you and I'll ever be. But that doesn't mean that what he's saying applies to each single investment across the United States or across the world in every market. It's a general oversight overview of everything and it's very important that you you take that one big nugget away from these this that his video and these episodes is that i'm not saying don't be cautious i'm not saying the heck with ken mcelroy run out and buy tomorrow not saying that at all i'm saying be very calculated in what you do i'm saying if if you're the type of person that's going to run out and think you're just going to be flipping houses left and right you need to pump the brakes because consumer sentiment means a lot. All markets are driven by volume, by, by what happens, by transactions. Cryptocurrency 
it takes one big whale to pull out of a particular cryptocurrency and everybody else on Reddit screams for run for the hills. And the next thing you know, a cryptocurrency crashes. Same thing happens with gold. Same thing happens with silver, all different markets. Doesn't matter what you're invested in. So when I hear stuff like this, I smile and chuckle because not that I don't believe it. And, and he's absolutely right. in a hundred percent of everything that he says, I don't disagree with. But the reason why I'm smiling and chuckling is I know that some folks are taking this, that they need to sit on the sidelines and not do a damn thing, or they better hurry up and sell their assets now while the getting's good. Mm-hmm. Mike, I know syndicators right now that are looking at multiple passports because <laughs> they don't think they're convinced they're not going to be able to exit their deals. And that's not a place I ever want to be in. That's why we buy very conservatively. Uh, with that said, we obviously are not blind to what's going on in the marketplace. Mike, you and I had a lot of conversations about, ooh, we got to be very careful what we do here, and we don't want to run off and fly out of the seat of our pants. We've had our, some of our uh, colleagues that we've worked with in the past and people we know and friends and whatnot that have been just out buying blind. They're like, it's okay because you can rent it for whatever you want. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you if that is your mindset, you are wildly wrong. Yes, Ken said that we are coming into a renter nation. But that doesn't mean that you can charge the moon and the stars and get away with it because there's such a thing as an affordability crisis. You know, if wages do not keep up with expenses, guess what? People aren't going to be able to afford your fancy apartment. We're kind of on the brink of that right here in Key West. Uh, There's a big apartment building we talked about a couple weeks, a couple episodes ago, that's getting ready to come on the market. I don't know if they're still going to put it on the market now or not, but they are bragging about a 40%, 40%, 40% year-over-year rent increase in one apartment complex, 40%. Now, let's, un- let's un- understand, this is a two-bedroom apartment that was $3,200 last year has now gone up 40%. That's a big, big number. Now, you, and it's a lot of units, a couple hundred units. So what you're going to find is that people so far are going to figure out a way to pay for it because it's paradise, but eventually you're going to hit a ceiling because when you get to a certain level of rent, the, that type of person that can afford it doesn't want a crappy apartment. They're going to go ahead and buy a house. The minute that rent goes over and above the cost of owning a a property, people are going to opt out. You start getting into the $4,500, range, no matter where you are in America, and people start looking, it's like, well, maybe I should own that 2-1 instead of renting a 2-1 in an apartment complex and worrying about some dog crapping on my porch. These are the things you have to be thinking of, guys. Any thoughts on that, Mike, before we get into the video here? Yeah, w- one last point before we start this. I want to bring up a really good point that, honestly, I've been thinking for a long time that you mentioned uh, last week on the prior episode. And that is, Ken McElroy, you and I on the Cashflow Podcast, all these other influencers out there that are people are watching. Just remember, this is data points. Yes. Our listeners here, I, I know you guys are beyond. You're not looking for like the, the next Jesus to follow every single thing that that person says. Unfortunately, those are the people who got stuck with FTX. We know what happens with that. That's right. We have to be open-minded. You're here because you want to learn, but just keep in mind that everything you hear and learn about is just a data point. And you need to go home, look at your own situation. How can I put all this together? What does this mean for me in my real estate investing career? Absolutely. The purpose of this podcast is to assist you in your research, not to do it for you. Uh, in any pod, anything you take in, a book, a, a content, Ken's video, whatever, 
it, these are these are interpretations of data points. They are opinion. Ken's opinion, our opinion, my opinion, Mike's opinion. Take it as it for what it's worth, um, and do your own independent research. You should not take just my word for it. Not just take Ken's word for it. Not just take Mike's word for it. You should do more investigation and go from there. So with that, we'll go ahead and kick off. And in this part of the video, Ken is summarizing what he thinks is going to happen, what he feels is likely to take place in 2023. And there's some great information and we'll stop it here in a few minutes and we'll unpack it. So here we go. Days will be yet to be determined, but they will definitely be focused on this inflation rate and trying to get it down to that target rate of 2%. So I estimate that we're going to have even higher borrowing costs in 2023. If the past is any prediction of the future, we already know that the interest rate increases have increased the borrowing costs, which have lowered the prices of real estate so far. And Stop you right there. So a lot of people are saying right now, as you're hearing that little sound bite, they're going, cost of borrowing is going to go up, which means I'm not going to be able to afford to buy. That's not what he's saying and that because he didn't say that. You're filling in the blanks, okay? What he's saying is the cost of borrowing is going up. Great. To you, you should hear that means I need to put on my negotiator hat and negotiate a far better deal. That's what he means by prices falling. What will happen is a lot of folks will come take this information. They'll see this happen. They will sit on the sidelines. Great. I love that. Guys, if that's you and you're competing with us in our markets, then you, you absolutely sit on the sidelines. Let Uncle Tyler and Uncle Mike take over. We got it. Y'all hold my beer and watch this. This is where you get roll up your negotiating sleeves and you start parroting this information. How I would send this video to some of my sellers or the brokers that I'm dealing with. Y'all need to watch this. Wow, the whole world is going to crash. Thoughts on that, Mike? He, by the way, he really does that. <laughs> I do. I do. I absolutely do. <laughs> you do send this stuff to your competition. Yeah, because they, they, yeah, bring it. Yeah, exactly. So, as I mentioned in the previous episode, this perspective is a very specific perspective that Ken is talking about. And like you said, Tyler, he's talking about what's happening. Let's look at what's happening. Yeah. The cost of, of debt is increasing. So how do we get around that? That's right. I don't want to repeat last episodes, but if you're very curious of how to get something with cash, so you don't have to deal with the cost of debt, listen to our previous episode. And we list quite a few ways where anybody, anybody, no matter how much money you have in the bank account, go out and buy stuff with cash and take advantage of these lower prices. Now, if you are the type of person that is not strong in negotiating, if that is not your highest and best use, then you do need to sit on the sidelines. And while you're on the sidelines, engage the services of someone who has those skills. For example, if you're, you want to buy rental property, but you're just not comfortable making what I would say, people will, will accuse you of making low ball offers, then find a realtor that has a pair that can go out there or has this, the, the, intestinal fortitude to go out and negotiate you a great deal. Okay. Find a shark. That's what you're looking for. A shark. If you're in Florida and you're a qualified buyer and you're in the markets that I'm in, then you need to pick up the phone and go ding a ling and give me a call and we'll make that happen. Hell, if you want to buy a home in Key West and you want a discount because lots of realtors are running around Key West going right, going right now, this guy is falling. This guy is falling. We're going to, I'm going to have to go back to tending bar full time again because I'm not going to be able to sell real estate because the market's crashing. I say absolutely and bring me a vodka while you're at it. <laughs> I want that to happen because that is, in my mind, that is a form of legalized market manipulation. So I'm all for it. Hell, I'll spread those rumors myself. I thought about doing that for my own my, my YouTube channel for Key West. Here's the thing, guys. 
just because you're not good at this type of thing, maybe you don't like asking for discounts. There are brokers, there are wholesalers, there are partners out there that will help you do that. For example, there are certain things that I'm not comfortable negotiating on, certain points of transactions that I'm not comfortable negotiating on, but Mike is far better than me at that. So when that happens in a conversation and we are in a negotiation, Tyler shuts up and slides back from the table. Mike knows that's his his signal to go cat go because now we're stepping into what he's good at and I keep my yap shut and let him do his magic. That's how the game is played, guys. But they're not saying sit on the sidelines and do nothing because if you are not doing something with your money that is outpacing inflation, you are losing money. You are going broke. So with that, we'll go ahead and kick off this next segment. And if this continues, and I do believe that it will, my prediction is that we are going to still continue to see real estate prices go down throughout 2023. How much will depend on what the Fed does, obviously, in 2023, and more importantly, where inflation goes, which nobody will know at this point. As always, I like to shine a positive light on some of these things. So what are the four things that you could be doing in 2023? What are the things that you can watch? And what are the things that you could do? The first one is that you need to be watching some of these foreign buyers as they come into the United States because of our strong dollar. This has happened before because foreign investors will look for the U.S. to park their dollars because the economy is strong. So this is something that you need to watch. The second thing. What he's saying there, guys, is while you're busy freaking out and sitting on the sidelines, people like Mike and I, you go ahead and call us foreign investors. <laughs> We're going to come in and buy at a discount. While the building's on fire, you can bet your bippy that I'm out there putting an offer in with the seller. That's the reality because foreign investors, especially, and why I'm saying watch out for them, is that they have money sitting on the sidelines because they can't invest to the same degree we can in America in their own countries for cash flow. They usually will invest for appreciation because the, the uh, cost of real estate is significantly higher in a lot of other countries relative to the rent. So a lot of times people will buy and actually take a loss every month but they make up for it in the long term on appreciation. I know here in America that sounds bass backwards, and frankly, in my world, it is. Mike, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not too familiar with the big foreign buyers because, again, that's in the, the huge institutional lending aspect of it. However, he does mention the strong dollar, and I just look at it this way. Our dollar is strong. Strong dollar technically reduces the price, right? So it's actually fighting inflation at the same time. So again, these are all data points. We've got inflation that's supposed to be increasing the price of everything and the dollar is still strong. So it's just like everything we talked about here, everything in real estate and, and investing, nothing is uh, cut and dry. That's true. Very true. Nothing is cut and dry, and you have to take all of this information and distill it in a way that it makes sense for you. We'll go ahead and kick off this next section here. Thing is, you can acquire properties with fixed debt. So in other words, debt is now an asset. You can actually minimize your borrowing costs by buying somebody else's debt, if you can, on an assumable basis. A lot of debt is assumable. So think of it as you stepping into somebody else's shoes. So somebody has a 3% loan on some property somewhere that is an asset right now. Of course, interest rates are in the 6 and 7% range. And so that is a great way to still buy real estate. You do have to come up with more equity, however, but that debt is now an asset. 
I did a video on this. You need to focus. I'm going to let you kick into that one, Mike. Oh, how do you know that's my favorite one? (laughs) (laughs) Debt is now an asset. Oh, gosh, I love that. Now, obviously, what he was talking about here, and he mentioned debt is an asset if the debt is cheap in regards to, hey, if you got your mortgage last year, was two years ago when it was like 3%, sometimes uh, sub 3%, now it's a super asset because people can't get that anymore. They can't compete. Then he goes on to say debt is assumable. He goes past that really quick because Ken's a very successful investor. He's He talks very high level, and sometimes he doesn't understand that not everybody's following every single word. So let's break that down. Debt is assumable. VA mortgages, military members who go out and get a mortgage with almost 0% down, for the most part, those VA mortgages are assumable, which means if you work it out with the seller, you just take over their debt, take over their VA mortgage. And from what I understand, you don't even need to be a military member yourself. You can now assume that 3% mortgage yourself. Another one would be commercial loans. Not all, but many commercial loans are actually assumable, which means if I go out and buy the property, I can negotiate with the seller. I want your mortgage because you got it at two and a half percent. 100%. You can actually. And then uh, another thing I started doing in my small town, I started walking into banks, local mom and pop banks, and just talking to the, the lender, lending officer and say, hey, are your loans assumable or not? And some of them are just like, <laughs> they just laughed at me. And then some other ones said, well, it depends. So now just walking around, I knew, okay, if I target loans, that come from that specific bank, which by the way, I can see on PropStream on public record where the banks, what banks that uh, seller actually used. I could possibly target those to assume their current rate. 100%. Now, one of the things, guys, you might be thinking is, no, you can't do that, man. My, I have a mortgage and my mortgage is assumable. The next question I'm going to have for you is, have you read it? Because you're looking at, for language that says that it's that gives you permission to assume and that's where you're making a mistake. I learned from Sean Yesner, my real estate attorney buddy and member of our team, that us, if, as long as there's not a due on sale clause, essentially, provided all parties agree, you can absolutely assume a mortgage unless there's language that specifically prohibits it. Now, I didn't know that for many years, so I passed up a lot of opportunities because I did not know that information. But now that I do, it's like, oh, so instead of asking the seller, the unsophisticated person, is your mortgage assumable? Their brain is automatically getting to know. You go to a room of 10 people and ask them, hey, do you have a mortgage? Yes. Is it assumable? It's either no or I don't know. 100% of the time. Very rarely, unless you're talking to a commercial investor or someone like Ken who's very sophisticated, are they ever going to say yes? Maybe you're talking to a big apartment syndicator. They're going to say yes because most, I would say almost 100% of that debt Instead, big institutional debt is assumable. It's written in that way. Uh, so know that going in, guys. It'll save you a lot of grief and a lot of trouble by simply going into public records, pulling a copy of the mortgage, which you can get off public records. Now, the note is not always available on public records for you to see. But here's the thing, because what secures the real estate is the mortgage, not the note. The note is basically talks about the particulars of the deal. But the mortgage is the security instrument. So you will always find the mortgage recorded, almost always, unless, of course, they didn't record it for some strange reason. But what you'll see a lot of times, scroll down that document. So download that PDF to your desktop, scroll through that document. 
Here's why. A lot of title companies and a lot of attorneys that do closings attach those together as one document, the mortgage being on top. So the note might be there, but it's not necessarily a separate file. It's attached to that that seven-page document. Well, four pages of that could be the note, which is page four, five, six, seven is actually the note. So you look at the document and look at page one, it says mortgage. Great. The note could be attached. So scroll, just a little bonus footage there for you. So with that, let's go ahead and kick on to this, this next segment here. And we'll comment on that as well. And then we'll wrap this up. Focus on your operational expenses and your income for 2023. This year is going to be primary and going to be one of the things that's going to flush out a lot of bad operators and make sure that you have plenty of cash reserves. The last- that is very important. I can't begin to tell you how important that is. So for us, for example, we bought this first asset. We paid cash for it. We have no debt on the asset. That means that Mike and I and the investors are insulated. We're safe from all these weird stuff and fluctuations that are going on for two reasons. One, we're not supporting a mortgage payment or interest is not accruing on this debt or on this uh, asset. Number two, we're not forced to sell in the next two years. We can hold this asset for five, six years, seven years to allow for whatever may be going on in 2023 to what Ken said or 2024 to pass, which means we'll be selling on the upswing if we sell or we may decide to buy the investors out. So we have options available, which means that either way, the folks that invest with us, they it's, it creates a win-win scenario. It doesn't paint, we don't paint ourselves or our investors into the corner. We're doing things cautiously. We're doing things uh, such that we reduce risk both to ourselves and to our investors. And that's a very important point that he makes is make sure that you have uh, op- focus on operations. Don't let things get out of control. Make sure your occupancy stays where it needs to be. Uh, make sure that your expenses don't get out of whack. And if they do, maybe it's time to start renegotiating some of those contracts. Know that we are in a recessionary environment. That's not going to change for the short term. For the next 2023, could be a financial bloodbath for a lot of Americans. Know that because those people are probably your tenants. So keep in mind, you're going to have to stay, make sure you are very crystal clear on what's going on with your economic vacancy. Are late fees being paid? Are people paying on time? These are things that you want to have, really want to focus on in 2023 and to best insulate yourself from these things. Start hoarding those cash reserves. Have that operating account, but have that CapEx, have those cash reserves set aside. So in the event, for some reason, we have, I mean, we could have another pandemic situation. We could have all kinds of things go wrong that impact our tenants. And when we do, that's going to impact us as well. So make sure we insulate ourselves from those things by having those reserves. Mike? Yeah. Operational focus. When he mentions this, it reminds me of every time Tyler and I purchase a property, we literally sit down and think, okay, who exactly is going to be our tenant? We visualize this. We call this avatar. For those who don't understand uh, what an avatar is, it's almost like this mental image of this would-be tenant, how much they make, what their age is, what their life is, what, what, uh, what their occupation is. So they would be a perfect tenant for us. They will stay there. They'll be comfortable there. And now that gives us the plan before we even purchase the real estate. And Tyler, before this call, you mentioned too that we have to have multiple plans. What if, uh, you know, your avatar, Jerry, doesn't work? Do we have another avatar, somebody else in mind who would be a perfect fit 
for for this real estate and and pay us the income and thus the cash flow that we're aiming for. That's right. Plan A, plan B, and if there's if it makes sense, maybe even a plan C. But having only one exit, guys, is going to paint you in a corner. So be careful of that. That's exactly what Ken's talking about. So we'll go ahead and hit this last point, and we'll summarize it. Last thing, if you are investing, you want to make sure that you do not have a defined exit. So what that means is a defined exit is if a loan is maturing. So let's say you have a loan maturing in 2023 and the rate is, say, 3 or 4%. You're going to be in trouble because you either have to sell that property to a buyer who has to get a higher price loan, or you might have to refinance and you're going to have a higher price loan. The next thing is managed equity. You might be sitting behind that managed equity and that equity is going to want their money back. And it might not be an opportunistic time for you to sell based on the current market conditions when we're starting to see some of these prices go down. The third thing that affects me personally are what I would call rising capitalization rates or cap rates. Cap rates are rising because interest rates are rising. And if you have a defined exit and your cap rate is actually going up, then you might not be able to get out of this property and all that hard work that you put in before is going to be compromised because of the higher cap rates. So these are all the things that you need to take care of before the interest rates continue to go up, and I believe that they will. And of course, the borrowing costs continue to go up. If you have some kind of variable or some kind of bridge loan, you're definitely getting killed on the cash flow. And that's why these cash reserves and all these things are important to look at right now and start to recapitalize or make some decisions on what you're gonna do for 2023, because I don't see this getting any better into next year. And it's really a best time, I believe, to just put your pencils down and let everything work itself out. So today- Good points. And one of the things I kind of want to add to that, first of all, is when you're, if you're going to take on debt right now, don't get on board if you can avoid it with absolutes. Exactly to what Ken said, you know, if you've got a, an adjustable rate clause built into your mortgage and whatnot, you, you know, if, if you have a choice of stretching that out to trigger in seven years or 10 years versus five, then maybe you should think about doing that. Mike and I were, were very involved in a deal last year where the we went into it and went under contract under the agreement with the bank that we would be fixed rate debt. In the 11th hour, the bank pulled back and said, well, based on what happened with the, the Fed chairman's speech, we have to switch your loan product to adjustable. It's like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. That resulted in us having to pull out of the deal because the numbers now can change whether we like it or not. Now, looking back on that, I didn't like having to commit to go under contract on a deal and then have to back out because of financing. It was a conscious decision. Mike and I had it had to make that decision, but in the end we have to do what's best for ourselves and our investors. And the decision was we had to bail out of that deal. He talked about that early in this video on the past, the previous episode where a lot of deals canceled in last year because of that very same reason. It's like you switch from an adjust from a fixed rate debt product to an adjustable rate in the 11th hour, well, a smart syndicator or sponsor is going to better darn sure better bail out of that deal or at least stress test that deal to make sure that whatever term comes up as far as adjustability is reasonable. Now, it comes down to it depends, right? If they say, well, it'll, it'll adjust in 20 years. Okay, well, now that's something I could probably get behind or adjust in 10 years. Maybe that's something I can get behind. But when they say it can adjust in 12 months, it's like, well, <laughs> had that been the case and we would have done that deal, we would have been sucking wind right now. You know, absolutely.
Any thoughts on that part, Mike? Yeah. So his last line was, this may be the best time for pencils down. Let everything work itself out. I agree. And if you're investing in Florida, you call me and let me know your pencils are down. And I, will, <laughs> Uncle Tyler will go out and grab up what you're not going to. Anything comes across your desk, you just go ahead and forward it over to me. Tyler at CashflowGuys.com. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, you hear this last line. And if you don't understand the first 10 seconds of the context of the video, you'd be like, oh, I was right for not investing. I was right for not doing anything. Hey, uh, hey, wife. Yeah, I'm just going to sit down and drink a drink a beer. And maybe I'll wait another two years before I decide to, um, you know, quit my job, retire and start investing in real estate. Uh, That's not what he's saying. Remember, this perspective that he's talking about is from the investment bankers. And he mentions the underwriters. This is the bank's perspective, the bank side of it. And he also talks about the prices are going down. So as you listen to this episode, and we ask that, listen to it a few times, and also to the previous episode a few times, pick out all the nuggets we're talking about. You don't have to be a victim of these investment bankers. You don't have to be a victim of the underwriters that he's talking about. When the underwriters put the pencils down, it means they're not going to give out loans and mortgages anymore. That's right. If you are only relying on institutional financing, Ken is saying, they do not want to give loans anymore. So you have to open up your mind, open up your education, invest in yourself. You know, Tyler and I are big fans of Larry Harbolt, right? He's kind of like the foundation for both of us to teach us how to buy things and investment property without the banks. This is the time where this is gold because the, our competition doesn't know this. All they know is going to Wells Fargo and Bank of America. And this Ken is talking in this video that Wells Fargo and Bank of America are going to keep those doors a little tighter and not it's not going to be as easy to get institutional financing. One thing to keep in mind, guys, is not that they're not going to really give give loans anymore. It's that they're not going to honor that they may not honor their original terms or you may not qualify for the loan because of affordability. If Correct. loans right now are six and a half percent and you qualify for a pool of money based on six and a half percent or better yet, the deal qualifies for six at the, the certain payment based on six and a half percent and the rate goes up by a quarter percent or a half a percent or three quarters of a percent, the deal itself may no longer make sense. So the underwriter is going to have to pencil down because you can't just say, well, then we'll just raise the rent. It doesn't work that way, which would absolutely make you you 100% right, Mike. They would have to put pencils down and would not be able to do that loan because the deal's financials would not support it. So know the differences between those things, guys, and keep these things in mind uh, when you're doing these deals. Any last thoughts, Mike, before we wrap up? Yeah, this I thought this was a great episode. Ken, if you're listening, thanks so much for this information. As we mentioned, this is a huge data point. That I think our listeners, when if you, we digest it, understand that perspective, and you as a listener, where are you in your investing career? Where do you want to be, and how does this affect you? As long as you understand where it's coming from, boy, this could be a gold mine opportunity in 2023. That's right. As a lot of smart people have said, you know, the time to invest is when there's blood in the streets. That's when things tend to make a lot of sense. When the consumer sentiment is at an all-time low. You know, people make irrational decisions. People may decide to sell at a discount. A lot of folks I've talked to over the years have said, Tyler, nobody's going to sell to me to a discount because they don't need to. Well, you're right in that case. But make no mistake, there are people out there every day that's who, whose situations change. 
Whether they need to sell today may not be the case tomorrow. Something may happen in their life. They may watch just the right news cycle to get them to believe that now is the time for them to sell and they better do it in a hurry. Take that information, use that as ammunition, that's gunpowder to launch the cannons and put yourself into a massive 2023. Guys, we'll catch up with you next week. See you on the other side. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.